It's awesome. All right, so we're diving in here. Um, I am at Embrace North. This is going to be a podcast all about breath. We're talking about the non-negotiables, um, your breath, your sleep, hydration, nutrition, movement, exercise, connections, relationship, and how that really is the foundation uh, for everything else that kind of take place upon. And so I'm here with Harrison Klein. Um, I'm going to introduce him in a little bit here, but talking about the non-negotiables of how this is – in my opinion, through the experiences I've had, people have been around Ideas Expressed. I'm under the assumption and belief system that this is the one, one of the most impactful but realistic, tangible things that you can do to set yourself in a position to grow and understand yourself in a better way and to express around people around you. But I'm here with Harrison. This is specifically on breath, um, all things breath, and obviously we'll dive into different things as naturally everything is everything. But um, just I want to give context to the listeners of who you are, you know, what what you're about, why is breath so important, and, off, and then we'll get into more um, of the breath-specific things. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Well, uh, Colby, thanks so much for having me on, man. I mean, it's been cool just to kind of evolve our relationship where it just started kind of getting exposed to heat and cold together and then just – bonding over that, you know, and talking. And um, from that, we had a conversation about breath and you were like, dang, we got to talk more about that, you know? And and every time I talk to anybody about breath, it's like, well, whoa, that opened my eyes to something new. And that's what it's constantly doing to me. So my journey with breathing is, you know, it starts in the health and wellness world. It, I always was into fitness, but I was really into working out and I was overworking my body. So I was working out like twice a day, for example, and I was I was in a corporate job. So I'd wake up really early and try to rip a workout before work. And then I would go home and I'd rip another workout, you know, because I'm trying to like clear my mind from the stress of work. And then I'm worried about work the next day. So I'm trying to dial my mind in with a workout to prepare me for work. And then I heard about, wow, we could do a breath work practice and get the same kind of benefits and in the high and the clarity and the positive mood from a breathwork practice that you get when you're exercising, but it doesn't beat up your body at all, you know? So then that took me down like, well, we should explore the breath a little more. And yoga is a perfect example, but you're breathing the whole time when you're doing yoga and it's not gonna beat your body up, but it's a physical practice where you're gonna move and you're gonna have to control things. And after doing some yoga along with my workout routine, I was like, I got to switch things up. You know, I'm, I'm starting to understand that breath is actually more important than doing that workout every day. So I started to really think about it in terms of how should I approach the breath for all of my modalities? And mm -hmm. that's what got me into, okay, I want to start to teach people this stuff. So I, so I was like, whoa, like, is there anybody with certifications out there? Is there anything that I can do to like level up my knowledge base of the breath? Because I didn't know much about it. You know, I, you hear about different breathwork practices and you hear it helps health and wellness, but, but how, how do you do it to do to help health and wellness? It's not that you just breathe and immediately you're going to like benefit. You have to breathe intentionally and functionally. So that would be meaning using our diaphragm and our lower body. So our, our intercostals and our pelvic floor, that's what creates the core for our, our belly. And that's what helps. That's our breathing system. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. where we breathe from. Um, so I really just started to 
become knowledgeable about the breath. And then it just kept building and I kept seeing more benefits for myself. And then I kept talking to people about it and they're like, they came back to me the next day and they're like, whoa, I'm like releasing all this tension from my neck and shoulders because you told me to breathe through my lower belly. And that's like, we're breathing 20,000 times a day. So over time, if we're breathing up here, we're stressing out. That's cortisol production. And that leads to a compounding effect of not only like mental things, but physical inflammation because of extra cortisol production. And if we can control our breathing, we reduce those things. So Mm. like you kind of started off with this, but everything is everything. None of this is exclusive of each other. The breath plugs into every single modality we have, you know, like right now while we're, while we're on this podcast, if we're breathing through our nose, deep into our belly, we're going to be able to control our kind of like excited nerves because like, you know, we're, we're speaking to each other and we're on camera. So immediately you're going to get a little heightened, but if you can control your breathing, it's going to tell your nervous system, it's okay. You know, so that's a tool, you know, so we can apply that to any situation. If you're going to be, if you're a pitcher, you know, when you're on the mound and, and it's loud in the crowd and you, someone just got a hit and there's two guys on and it, there's two outs and you got to make a pitch, dial your breathing and, and go just to that. Don't worry about any of that external noise, you know? So it's, it's a tool that we all have within us and it's free, you know? So we don't have to like go do something to dial in our breath. We get to practice it on our own, but it's not a quick fix. And that's not what a lot of people right want right now. They want like, let's get it done right now. We want the quick fix. The breath takes a little while to develop and practice and hone in. Um, and that's my favorite thing about it. It's all about the journey of understanding how to get that to more people. Um, that's, you know, that's kind of, kind of what brought me here and yeah. that's where we're going with things. right now. <laughs> you know? I, I love it. The, the way you can even articulate of the, and we talked about this in the sauna of like understanding, like these are tools and that's how I look at everything. Like if, if someone, like I've had people ask me like, oh yeah, I'm having problems with you know, this and I'm sore here. I don't feel good mentally, blah, blah, blah. You know, if I do ice baths like you're doing, is this going to, is this going to fix it? And I've, I've thought about it. I'm like, okay, like it will help, but it probably won't. It's not everything. Like if you, if you eat the salad or like if you work out really good and you eat very healthy, but you sleep like crap. Yeah. Like, okay, that there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're trying to optimize then that's the sense of like that everything is everything. And that's why I think it's so tangible sense of like of the non-negotiables of how I thought about it. And this isn't my thinking. It's been accumulation of hearing ideas and perspectives from different people, from yourself, Harvey's, et cetera. Um, But I think it's so crucial with breath specifically on the, from the outside looking in for many people. I mean, this is so simple. We do it whether we think about it or not. And like mm-hmm. you said, it's the first thing we do when we're born. It's the last thing we do until we're not on this earth anymore. <laughs> so I feel like this could be such a subject that's just completely overlooked. But how do you think about it? And how do you, because like when I use it, I like everything is a tool. Like nothing's going to change everything. But if I can put myself in positions to use my breath as a tool, to use my sleep as a tool to, you know, what I'm putting into my body, both for hydration, nutrition sake, like is optimizing myself, putting myself in positions to now I feel more clarity. I feel better physically for all these different endeavors that you go into. Yeah. How does breath, cause when I'm under the assumption that breath out of these non-negotiables, they're all fundamental, but breath is the fully like the, the, 
the very base level of understanding and foundation because without breath, you can't sleep, you can't eat, you can't talk with other people, and you can't move. So how do you think about how fundamental breath is and kind of the concept of how simple it is, but how in-depth you can use it and use it as a tool? Yeah, yeah, super well said. You know, um, I, I'll go back to what, what you just said. Breath is the foundation. It's, it's the base. It's the most fundamental human function. Every single one of us breathes our entire life. We start with it. We end with it. It is the tool to tap into any different state change. You know, if we're in the cold water, to what do we do? We control our breathing. We can control our state in the cold water. In the sauna, when, it, when we get tapped at the end, we can control our breathing. We're going to be able to extend that stay. So it's, it's fundamental to every single human. And in every environment, we're breathing. You know, there's not a time where we're just going to hold our breath all day and, and decide not to breathe. So one thing I like to hit on is just because the breath is automatic doesn't mean it's optimal, you know, and society is kind of crafting us to be dysfunctional breathers in a way. We're sitting in chairs a lot. We're not, um, our posture tends to suffer because we're hunched over. It's, it's hard to sit like this, you know, it's hard to be like that all day, but that takes away from our diaphragm, our pelvic floor ability to expand our lung capacity. Um, so it's just a, like I just mentioned, posture. Posture is massive for the human being, not only for productivity and like clarity while you're working, but just for long-term health as well. So if our breath is dialed, our posture is going to be dialed, which means our mental and our long-term health is going to be mm. just at an over, overall higher state. So it it plugs into everything to, to kind of answer your question. It's, it's non-negotiable in terms of if we have a breath practice and we understand the breath, it's going to help improve any situation we're in, any situation, you know? And the more you can develop a toolbox of different modalities of breathing, like in the morning, you don't wanna do down-regulating breath work when you wake up. But what is down-regulating breath work and what's a technique for it, you know? So that's where you start to explore and you start to learn. And, and now I have a massive toolbox and I'm helping a lot of people with different modalities of breath. So mm -hmm. if we're gonna rev up in the morning, we're gonna do kind of Wim Hof, Wim Hof style breathing, more cyclic hyperventilation or superventilation and breath holds. Before bed, it's just slow, deep nasal inhales and extend those exhales for a, a long period of time. That's gonna tell our, our nervous system we're in a calm environment. It's gonna be like, oh, we're okay to go to sleep. You know, it's going to slow our systems down. Before a baseball game, for example, you want to get clear. You want to get dialed in. You don't want to really be all jacked up when you're going to go pitch, but you want to be, like, in this calm alert state. So there's different modalities to breathe with, you know, with different um, endeavors that we're going to pursue. And all the time we're transitioning from things, and I think that's what kind of, keeps people in the sympathetic drive a lot of time. And when you're in a sympathetic drive, you're stressed out. It's like we're going into the gym, we're not going to work out. And then we're leaving right away in that same sympathetic drive and we're going to school or a presentation or whatever. But we're still in that same nervous system response. So what what we do here at Built to Breathe and you know what I'm really preaching is like after your workout, four minutes of box breathing at least. Like that's like a non-negotiable, you know, mm. like dial your breathing, slow things down, start to put yourself into rest and recovery mode, but get that calm alertness. So you're saving that workout and you're not transitioning in the sympathetic nervous system response so that 
when you go, maybe we're going to class or whatever. So you have different focus, you know, so you're transitioning from activities and the breath is what dials that in. So it, it applies to every single thing in life. Right. Like, I can't think of an instance where the breath doesn't apply. You know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to think of that. Like think of an example, like when wouldn't the breath help you out? So that's, to me, it's just, it's the base of everything. It's the base of the human function. And again, just because it's automatic doesn't mean it's optimal. And that's, that's why we're talking. That's why we're right. going to hopefully share this to the masses so they can start to develop a breathing practice. And that starts with breathing through your nose, deep into your, deep into your lower body or your diaphragm. Right. Yeah. That's, that's huge. That's nailed. I love it. Um, with that too. And it, it, we've talked about this before, but of how like self-awareness through this, like you don't know, like, how do you know if you're a good breather, if you breathe well, if you don't like, how do you, is there a way that you like for a person, like if there's listening here, how do I know if I'm a good breather or if I'm a crap breather? Right. And it's becoming that self-aware sense of, yeah. you know, if, you first got to know that you're bad in order to be on the path of good. And so is there a way that like, if someone's never kind of thought about this, how they can go about it? Because, and then also to that, I think there's like two types of how I think about people within breath. There's one for functionality, like the everyday person, whether it be, okay, they're at work all day, you know, they're stressed, all these different things on the ride home traffic and they're like bleeping out on like what the heck you know road rage when it's like really like if you can take care of your breath in that sense that's going to help you you know be better problem solvers and all these different things regulate your emotions and system things like that but then there's also like i look at it as pretty elite performers mm. wanting to put themselves in positions to maximize their potential so it's not only just like being, you know, a good person in everyday life, which I think it can also help. But right. like now if you're an elite performer, whether it be in sports, business, et cetera, like how you can become aware of that and now track that and kind of go through these different things. Like you said, it's a tool, right? And so you can use it to upregulate and downregulate your system. Yep. How are the different, more tangible sense and how to become aware of that if we're not already? Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully said, you know, and I think, it's, I just want to hit on something that you said, like for the elite performers, it's awesome for them to dial their breath for their, their general lifestyle. Cause they're just humans as well. You know what I mean? We're, we're all doing this human experience together and yeah, maybe they're super talented and super dialed in and they have a lot of fame and success, but like, how's their family life? You know, how's their relationship with their wife and their kids and stuff. And if they're breathing soundly, that's going to be a lot more controlled and regulated and they're not going to care about their ego in that elite performance as much, they're going to be caring for their family and then, you know, moving the needle for humanity. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just the, on the awareness side, the first thing is where are you breathing from? So the location of the movement, is it coming from your lower body or is it vertical going into our neck and shoulders? So there's really two breathing styles. There's vertical. So my neck and shoulders moved a lot. That's what you're going to tend to see. And then there's horizontal. So that's going to be expanding through our belly and ribs. And those are the two kind of ones. You can be mixed. You could do belly, ribs, and then get into your chest. But if we can not move our neck and shoulders at all and be chilling here breathing, that's the awareness, you know, to look at yourself in a mirror, just notice the movement. Like, is your rib cage flexible that your diaphragm can, you know, expand and contract with your rib cage? Um, so that's a huge awareness. And then 
Are you breathing through your nose or your mouth? That's massive. The nose is for breathing. The mouth is for eating. Our nose has a multitude, multitude of reasons of why it's beneficial, but I'll just give one and and has hairs in it that filter the oxygen. So there's particles in the air that we breathe and the nose hairs, they literally filter out the bad stuff. But if we're going to take a breath in like that, nothing's getting filtered and it's going right into our system. And then it's already going to hurt our immune system because now we have particles coming into us where it's getting filtered. It's also getting pressurized and it's increasing circulation and it's getting lower into our lungs. So there's a, a lot of reasons with the nose, but breathe through your nose down into your lower body and just be aware of that. And you already be like, whoa, it's hard to breathe like that. You know, you'll think you're short of breath. One reason is because your brain doesn't have the neurological pathways to say like, yeah, we should be breathing like that. And that's how we're supposed to breathe. But if you look at a toddler, like a little kid or a dog, their belly's just chilling out and they're just breathing low through their belly. They're not moving their neck and shoulders at all because they haven't been conditioned by society. So that's a huge awareness thing, you know, through your nose and into your lower belly. Um, and then I think, can you extend your exhales? So if you can, if you're so short that you can't extend your exhale and it's just like that you can't calm yourself down, you can't slow your heart rate down, you're going to be in this, again, going back to our nervous system, you're going to be in this upregulated state all the time. And when you try to go to sleep, which is a massive part of our life, you're not going to fall asleep as quick. And then your sleep is going to be crap. Like what we were talking about earlier, like, yeah, you could have your fitness, you could have your health, you could have these things dialed. But if your sleep's not dialed, then your whole circle, the full gamut approach isn't isn't in tune. So you're not going to be as optimal human as you could be. The breath is what can make you sleep better, you know, but the breath also plugs into our nutrition and our and all components of it. So um, for the awareness, it's really the nose mm. into your lower belly. And can you extend your exhales? You know, and then you can, you'll start exploring because you're like, holy cow, this is benefiting me. And then you can plug it into sport. And like when you're, when you're lifting a weight, you want to exhale as you exert. So if you can learn how to like create pressure in your core and exert as you're exhaling or pushing, you're going to use your core strength instead of like your, your limbs as much. So we're really going to be able to generate more pressure and tension. Mm. Um, and that's going to get a little more complex, but you hit on that earlier, like, it is this simple function that a lot of us take for granted, but it has so many more levels to it that we can dial in. And um, that's that's hopefully what this is gonna help spread, right. but what we're doing here at Built to Breathe is it's breath-focused training. So people come in and we make them aware of our breath. It's humbling for a lot of people. We have a lot of people who are like shredded athletes, you know, and they're coming in here and they're, they're doing sauna and cold therapy because it, they know it's helping them. but they come in and they're just breathing right through their neck and shoulders. And I'm like, all right, let's just like scale things down for a second and try to breathe into my hands five times in a row. And not a lot of them can do it right away. But then they come in the next day and they're like, dude, I was working on that like all day and now I'm able to do it, mm. you know? So they became aware of it. And this is something that you can't unlearn how to breathe. We're just re yeah. we're just relearning what we did right when we were toddlers, like I was hitting on. It's, it's crazy. Um, Harvey Martin went through the same certification I did from Dr. Baylisa Branich, and she did a study of 156 um, like young, young children and found that at five and a half, our breath starts to become dysfunctional. And it starts to become dysfunctional for like four or five reasons. 
one massive one is we start sitting in chairs so kids aren't crawling or walking around as much. But also parents kind of want to have big chests and we see like Superman and Popeye and their guts are sucked in. So the whole time we're in this constant brace, you know, our guts in and we don't want our belly to hang out. But like, again, toddlers, their bellies are hanging out. (laughs) We want to have like that six pack or like that tight skinny waist, you know, and that's because society wants us to have that tight skinny Mm -hmm. waist. You can't take a sound diaphragmatic inhale when you're bracing or gut sucking. It goes right into our chest. So as soon as you can relax things and let your belly and ribs expand, you're going to be breathing more sound. But society's like, no, we got to be braced, you know, and a response to being stressed is like bracing. You know, when you get in the cold water, you kind of get tight a little. As soon as you can be mellow and relax, you actually get the benefits of the cold water more and it's easier to sit in there, you know, but like it's that stress response that tells us we need to be tension, like we're on guard. We don't need to be on guard our whole life. We need to be on guard when a bear was chasing us when we were evolving, you know what I mean? And that's when we go sympathetic nervous system and use that adrenaline to run away. Now we're getting sympathetic nervous system and we're typing at a computer and we're holding our breath while we're hunched over, you know? So notice your breath. Just observe it. Is it into your nose? Is it a good pace? Or is it short and shallow? Mm. So I, I think that's kind of the awareness. Yeah, there's so many different avenues that I have questions to go down, but I kind of want to tailor it in. Would it, would I be wrong to say breath as using it as a tool is either to upregulate or downregulate your system? Like, is there a third or other different modes to use breath for? Well, it could be, it could stay in the same nervous system response, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in many cases it is just changing our nervous system response, which is, which is a big change and mm-hmm. it could be a high upregulation or a, a lower like down regulation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but those are, those are the two parallels. Yeah. So if I, and now let's bring it into like, you know, let's say for myself, um, selfishly, like if I have a big game that I'm getting ready to pitch for, right. This is, so when we did the built to breathe, um, the grand opening and we did through the, the intentional breath practice paired with, actual movements exercise yeah. right the or anytime i do like a run and plunge we did embrace north or and then we do the sauna ice cold bath like anytime i do those those different things with the intentional breath with it it's always a sense of very very calmness but a heightened focus so it's like you're like i'm very cool calm collected just really just vibing chilling yeah but my mind, like I am so aware to my surroundings, myself, that's the awareness part. Like I'm just so in tune with what's going on. And so, and I think that if you were going to stay in one place, I feel like that'd be the place you're trying to ultimately reach like consistently of doing that. So if I have a big game coming up or, you know, someone in business has a presentation, they got to, you know, pitch or different things like that. How, I'm, I'm assuming we want to get to that point where it's a very, you feel very calm physically, but mentally it's not an anxious, it's yeah. more of just like you're dialed an in and alert. Yeah. There's clarity. Yep. How do we get to that point? Cause there's times where I think a lot of people, especially in sports, you know, for football, we get amped up. We're like, Oh, let's go, let's go. But I think more than anything to be in a position of power is to have clarity in what you do. And it's almost like this relaxed, like, it's almost like this feel of like, I'm not trying, 
but by not trying, like I'm really I'm trying, like I'm in it. I'm yeah. so far in it. You don't even know. Yeah. So how do we get to that place? Yeah. And to me, that's flow state, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and like the, the energy before a football game, that's an awesome thing. But can you cultivate that energy and not just make it like go, 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 but have it be go, go, go when you want it to be go, 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 you know, because then you're going to be clear alert with that high energy. So you're going to make good decisions in fast situations, you know, like things happen quick on the field and you got to make quick decisions. But if you're just go, 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 that decision making ability isn't going to be as good. Um, And to get there, there's definitely a couple of ways to get into flow state with your, with breathing, different protocols, different modalities. What I really, my go-to is about 30, 20 to 30 powerful, deep, heavy breaths. And then breath all through the nose, through the stomach diaphragm. Yeah. I'll do multiple rounds. The first round I'll go all nose out nose. Second round I'll go in nose out mouth. Third round. So I'm really firing it up, but I, the first round, you know, so I'm, I'm like gearing, you know? So Mm. the first round was gear one. Second round was gear two. Third round was my highest gear because I'm on the highway and I'm ready to get in that flow state and go. Um, But I'm always pairing that with a breath hold. And so we breathe deeply and intentionally at a, at a, without pausing to create, to super oxygenate our body. You know, and, and what does that do? Like, why do we want to super oxygenate? Or yeah. So we're, we're pumping a bunch of oxygen to our muscles and tissues and throughout our system. We're increasing blood flow and circulation. Yeah, exactly. And then our muscles are kind of like, Whoa, this is extra oxygen than we usually have. So we get those tingly sensations. So it's kind of newness. But if you keep doing it, you start to get rid of those tingly sensations in a way, and you can tap into flow state a little bit, um, a little bit quicker, mm-hmm. maybe more efficiently, more effectively, because your brain knows how to go back there. Our brain's like a sack of potatoes. Like if we just repeat what we did the day before, we're not going to like level up. So if we keep like dialing these things and changing them, it's going to listen and respond and rewire. Um, so. But I think the intensive breathing without pausing and then exhaling, emptying all the air out and holding your breath. So now we're supercharged with that oxygen. And then we're going to let carbon dioxide build up. And carbon dioxide is actually the winner over oxygen, which is crazy. But carbon dioxide has like, um, it creates these biochemical changes in our brain and our, our whole system that puts us into those flow states. It releases a lot of the good mood hormones. It really puts our neurotransmitters in like function and in coherence with each other. Carbon dioxide does that? Yeah, yeah. So, but it's the, it's the balance of the carbon dioxide and oxygen, you know? So Mm -hmm. as that carbon dioxide's building up, our brain's like, that's the signal that we have to breathe. Carbon dioxide is. So it's telling us like, holy crap, I got to breathe. I'm, I'm dying. That's what it thinks is happening more we can be relaxed and have it's called co2 tolerance but increase our sensitivity or you know get a better sensitivity to carbon dioxide we're going to be able to hold our breath longer in a more calm state and we're going to be able to reap those benefits even more of letting that carbon dioxide build up now it's crazy people are doing like these carbon dioxide chambers so there's like this phone booth type thing and you go in and it pumps you with carbon dioxide and it makes you panic gnarly. Holy shoot. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like like uh, James Nestor in his book, um, yep. Breath, the Science of Lost Art, talks about this. You literally go in a chamber for seven seconds and you feel like you're dying. 
and then you go out of there and your brain had to react to you being in that state. So it sends all these noradrenaline and dopamine, all these positive things for us to survive, but also get this mental clarity to survive, mm. you know, and that's the flow state you were talking about. So what we did with the grand opening was like intentional, big, powerful breathing and breath holds. So mm. that, that's kind of the winner, you know? So like, the breath holds are like, that's obviously it's all important, but the breath holds specifically, that's like, is that like a litmus test then of like where I'm at and like how, because again, then like the CO2 is telling like, okay, we got to breathe. we got to breathe. Yeah. And that's like, can we just, that's like a barrier. Right. And it's like, can we go past that barrier yes. just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit and kind of use it in that sense. Yeah. 100%. And, um, there's, there's two things that make you breathe on breath holds. One is carbon dioxide building up and our brain freaking out. The other one is our diaphragm contracting or, or being recruited. So if we don't have a strong diaphragm, it will start to contract early in breath holds. So if we have a strong diaphragm, it stays down and stable on our breath hold. And then our brain's like, oh, that muscle's calm and, and cool right now. It doesn't have to inhale and breathe and get that oxygen because our diaphragm is what causes us to inhale. Mm. Um, so those, those two things. So if you have a strong diaphragm and you have really good carbon dioxide tolerance, you're going to be able to hold your breath for like five minutes, you know, like it's, it's crazy stuff. But mm. if, if you have one or the other, you're going to be more in the middle, like three, two to three minutes. And then as you learn on developing your breath practice, innately your, your diaphragm will get stronger and your CO2 tolerance will get better. Um, but those are kind of the two factors. So it's not just exclusively CO2. Um, CO2 is the gas exchange that causes a lot of the, the biochemical reactions in our brain. Right. And you um, can strengthen your diaphragm through breath. It's yeah. not like, you know, we're going to go exercise our diaphragm. But it, it's is, it is we are going to go exercise. That is. Diaphragm. That's the yes. intentional breath sense. So like um, it, it could be inspiratory muscle training. This is the other thing. It's hard to train our breathing muscles when we're exercising. So, again, Dr. Baylisa, she's, like, cutting edge with a lot of this. She's teaching us the how. So she has these exercises where you're just doing these, these stretches, and then we're really extending our exhales. That's called a diaphragm extension. I'm still on an exhale talking right now because I'm doing this stuff all the time, and now I'm going to take that inhale, you know, but we work on our diaphragm. I wasn't working on my arms or my legs at all, you know, so I, I worked on my breathing muscles right there. Our pelvic floor has 20 muscles in it. And that's what makes us like, there's a lot of things with pelvic floor health, but I'll just talk about like going to the bathroom. If we can't extend our exhales well, it doesn't give us peristalsis, which is massage of the internal organs, which makes us go to the bathroom, you know, mm. and a lot of things that happen when we get older is we have problem going to the bathroom that's because we're not extend our diaphragm and our pelvic floor aren't in tune and our breathing muscles aren't strong down there you know so just like think about all of the people in the advanced age that have those issues you know and like i feel bad for them right because they didn't know to just work on these breathing exercises lay on your back put a block on your back and extend your exhale every day of the week it, you can still work out. It doesn't tap you out. It takes like two minutes. And that's a, that's a breathing muscle exercise, mm. you know? So, but do you hear about that in baseball? You know, or like, are you, are you practicing that in like gym class? Like, no, we're working on like our quads and our pecs and these yep. things that people can see. 
the diaphragm doesn't even get shown on the human body when yeah. we see it in class and stuff, you know? So um, it's pretty fascinating that you can work your breathing muscles without yeah. exercising and beating your joints and things like that. So, yeah, that's, what's so cool. And that's, I bring it up time to time again, and I'm, I'm speaking into existence here again, but I will have Harvey on the podcast here in the, during this month um, for the non-negotiables. But I am so, now that time has passed, I'm so deeply grateful that, again, I was around Harvey from the ages of 15 to 18, basically. He was my pitching coach for three summers, and then in the off-season, the winter times, I was going to mass performance five days a week. Like peak years. Always around. And that's, that's, that's so influential during those years of, like, what you're exposed to is who you are. Like, you know, the environments around, again, everything is everything of, like, what you're consuming, who you're around, what yeah. you're doing, what, what ideas are shared just so grateful that because I at that time like I think obviously now I think through COVID there's been a huge um change in awareness to people and like now on health like health is becoming a very big it's always been yeah. a big thing but like I think it woke up to it woke up to yeah. it huge yeah. and so but before that during those you know before COVID when I was 15 to 18 around Harvey like he was talking about all this stuff and innately everything he said intuitively like made sense to me and i'm like yeah this like just seems like it, yeah that that should make sense or like why don't people do this because mm -hmm. you're exposed to it and now that time's passed and it's like again tools in the toolkit it's just like unbelievable because now people are emerging people are growing a space and it's just like this is so insane that now it's kind of coming full circle of like this is exactly what, what, what he was saying before anybody was saying it. And obviously, he wasn't like the first one, right. but that's right. what I was exposed to for my first. Um, but it's so cool to share that. Um, I also want to talk through and kind of just shift. I've kind of been hearing and listening to different things of like when we you know super oxygenate ourselves of how beneficial that can be. There's actually I think like different like chambers like mass where you're breathing like 95% oxygen. And like people do that, they pair it with like red light, um, these like alkaline earthing mats when they sleep and all these yeah. different things. Do you do you have any like knowledge or things based off that like experience with like breathing in like overdosed oxygen? Because like I believe it's like around twenty percent of the oxygen around us that's actually oxygen itself. Yeah, I haven't um, I haven't personally gone to like a lab like that or or worn any masks. I definitely have have read about it. Mm -hmm. I kind of come more of the approach of um, hypoxia work, so more oxygen deprivation. Um, and that allows us to learn how to respond with less oxygen because we tend to be over-breathing and not using all of our oxygen efficiently. So I kind of come from, can you breathe super light when you're working out? You know, so you actually don't need as much oxygen. And over time, your body starts to be like, whoa, we can be more efficient with our oxygen delivery. So like the hemoglobin that carry the red blood cells to our muscles and tissues, you know, can that deliver oxygen more efficiently and more effectively mm -hmm. throughout our system? And I think you can you practice that through reducing your oxygen, blood oxygen saturation levels. And that could be like, we're going to do a breath hold and walk back and forth. And then after it, instead of like taking big gas, can you like act like you're breathing with a feather under your nose and just reduce that airflow? You know, and that's so, the efficiency piece. Yeah, that. exactly. Because then you're, the only, our bodies don't respond unless we're stressed out. 
That's the only way we adapt and respond. So if we're sitting in comfort all the time, we're not going to grow and we're not going to adapt or respond. That's what exercise is. It's, it's stress. It's good stress, you know, but that's the only way we respond. So like that hypoxic work I was just talking about, you intentionally are creating stress and you're learning how to sit in it and become more resilient with less oxygen. Your brain and body automatically adapt and they're like, oh, we have to operate with less oxygen. That's what they, that's what the brain thinks. You know, it's like, I don't have enough oxygen, so I have to learn how to operate without it. Mm -hmm. You know, so if we're just breathing, over breathing, you know, I know I'm kind of going off from your original question with the mask, but, um, I, I just don't really right now. I'm not at the point where I'm going to do put things on me. I want to do it myself more. So, you know, functionally, like you're not always going to have, I just, yeah. So how am I going to do that when I'm, put in a situation outside in the real world, like I'm not going to have that, that mask to go to or that environment to go mm. to. So I want to be able to respond and adapt whenever, whenever I want. And yeah. you hit on this earlier in the podcast, but the, so let's say we did a little hypoxia. We did yeah. a breath hold and we're walking back and forth on a breath. So hold. now you're on your breath hold, right? Hypo- so people don't know hypoxic yeah. breathing. Can you explain what this is? Yeah, for sure. And this is a perfect one before um, this gets you in the flow state. So it'd be perfect before like going to pitch. Okay. Yeah. You can do four rounds of this. You just take, a, you're not charging up. That's the other thing. We're not, we're not taking those big breaths. We're doing a normal inhale, a normal exhale. And then we're just plugging our nose, holding our nose. And now we're on an exhale and we're going to walk with that exhale. And we're going to walk. Let's, if you can get to 40 seconds, you are like a pretty proficient breather. You have that good CO2 tolerance. You have a strong diaphragm. You're able to stay relaxed in that stress. Um, but if you, after it, instead of taking a huge gasp, which would be the automatic response, which is the response in the cold water, for example, you can breathe through your nose like there's a feather under there and just quiet it down and make it super slow and controlled. First off, you feel like this crazy panic, like, holy crap, I'm going to die. I'm going to die, you know, but it's only five seconds. And then you get this like rush of circulation and elation that you're surviving and you're good and you go back to your normal breathing. And you repeat that four times that that's hypoxic work, but that puts you in this like flow state, like it, like nothing else. It's, mm. it's pretty cool. You know? So I know I, I, earlier I said like the 30 breaths, that is really my go-to to, to upregulate and energize with that calm alertness. But that hypoxic work yeah. is like another really cool technique to get into flow state. So you're doing, so we're breathing normal. We get, okay. We breathe all the way out through our, this is all nasal breathing. This is all nasal. Yeah. We exhale all the way out. Now we plug our nose. Yep. We go as long as we can possible. And now when it's like, when we can't, we, when we that, got that air hunger or yeah. the urgency to breathe is so strong that you have to breathe. Yep. Breathe in slow as you as can. Slow as you can. So it would be light breathing or reducing the airflow. And again, that's going to tell your brain to operate under that stress with less oxygen. So it's going to make you more efficient. So now when you're breathing, right now, we're, okay, we've done that. Now we're in the sport. Now we're giving the presentation or business or whatever. Now it seems like, are we over oxygenating stuff? Because like now we're working more efficiently. Like we've almost like tricked our brain. That's all I'm thinking yes. about, right? Yes. Now it's like 100%. We, we, we tricked our brain, you know, we tricked our brain that we don't need as much oxygen, but we deprived ourselves for a while. So then if we get good oxygen delivery, we're going to be like super calm and happy with it, you know, but we're not breathing through our mouth and we're not short with it. We're still, you know, but it's going to be easier to breathe like that after you do that hypoxic work as well. Mm-hmm. Because another thing that the breath holds do is when we, when we hold our breath for 30 seconds, it contracts our spleen 
And our spleen is like a blood bank for our body. So when our spleen contracts, it puts more red blood cells into circulation. That doesn't mean we needed more oxygen. It just delivered more red blood cells, which carry the oxygen, mm. you know? So efficiency is like the name of the game and like anything, you know, but we want to be able to do more with less. Yeah. We want to be able to breathe less and put out the same effort, you know? Like if you can learn how to control your breathing and not have to breathe as much, you're going to become a more efficient human because you don't have to breathe as much, you know? Yeah. So, so what does like a day look like if you had, if you could design like a perfect day for yourself, how would you design it? Like, how would you go about it from like the moment you wake up to let's say working or however you spend the, the most of your day to now towards the evening into the night, how do you set up yourself more of like the sense of like with your breath, whether it be if it's with red light working out, how if if you wanted to optimize how would you go about that yeah yeah that's awesome you asked that i'm i'm really uh changing and dialing my my wellness approach mm -hmm. my my overall wellness approach but the the go-to's deliberate cold exposure first thing in the morning is massive if i if i have good time and i don't have to go to something right away i'm gonna do like four rounds of wim hof breathing so I'm going to do 20 minutes with roughly four rounds of Wim Hof. And then I'm going to get cold for three to five minutes. And that cold is going to be like 35 degrees, hopefully in a lake, but either in a, in a cold tub at Embrace North or a cold shower if I don't have it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's that breath work. It's deliberate cold exposure. If the sun's out, I'm going to look at the sun for at least five to 10 minutes before I'm doing anything else, you know, for any screens. So I'm not looking at my phone with all this. Yeah, I use the Wim Hof app, so I'm gonna, but I'm not looking at Instagram, I'm not looking at my email, I'm not thinking and putting my mind in those states. So I'm really trying to get in myself, dial myself in. You know, I, I open it up with breathing, I get cold to get my mind dialed and get that stressor, break down that wall. Um, and then I'll get into, I'll drink a massive glass of water yep. that's huge with lemon juice and Himalayan sea salt, you know, that that's definitely out there. Right backpack right there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. Like yeah. how a lot of people are catching on to that. Now I actually don't eat in the morning. So I intermittent fast yeah. every day. It puts me just in this clear state of, um, like, do you have any idea of why that is? I've been looking at things and I think I kind of came to a conclusion, but, um, like fasting for fast for the sense of like the clarity sense, why we have clarity. Yeah. I think, you know, our, our, processes of our body and our systems don't want to be interrupted that much. So I think part of it is when we eat and we put new energy in, our body has to break it down and process it. So it's going to change our systems and our operations and our hormones, like in our, all of that kind of stuff, you know, and I don't think we need that. So we're, some people are telling us that we should have it or breakfast is the most important meal. That's kind of what we grew up with. Um, but our, it's disrupting our body's processes in a way. Um, so I think that's what gets us away from clarity. And or if you don't eat, it's going to bring about more clarity. Uh, what What is your? Yeah, well, I was reading and I kind of like kind of put some things together. And this is completely a theory. But of when we were like in the times of, you know, hunting for our food, like if we didn't kill something or find food around us, pick something like we weren't going to eat. And so the more time that took, uh, took us to kill something to eat or find something to pick and eat, mm. the more dialed we had to be like sense it. of clarity. So it's like now, like, you know, 
Because now it's so easy. Like, we, we it's so easy to get yeah, food. Go to a grocery store. Go to a yeah. grocery store. It's so easy. But at the time where food was not easy, you had to be dialed to go and get it. Like, you ha- like whether it be, you know, throwing a spear, trying to kill this animal to get it. Like, you had to be on your game or yeah. you didn't eat. So I was curious why, and I've kind of, I haven't heard much, but I think just here and there of like a sense of that's why I think there may be clear just from evolutionary standpoint of why it is through that. Totally, totally. I actually, I go to evolution a lot with a lot of kind of how I'm approaching things, you know, like how can we operate in modern day society with like the primal roots? Um, But I'm I'm just going to go back to the routine kind of. Please do. Yeah. So. Breath work, cold exposure, sun, get outside. Sunlight for circadian rhythm, yep. all this different thing. Yep. And Ooh. cold exposure, do you pair it with like any sun or heat or is it just straight cold so exposure? It, it kind of varies. Yep. My optimal day, I'm going to do sauna later on. Okay. I'm going to do sauna later on. If if I'm going to do an active recovery day, I'm going to mm-hmm. do sauna and cold in the morning and not move as much. But part of my optimal day after that cold exposure, then you drink the water um, is going to be movement. So some kind of movement and every day of the week, it's a different kind of theme for me. You know, like I'm doing, obviously I'm putting some strength in there and some high intensity, but I'm moving regardless. And I want to move for like 30 to 40 minutes, if not a little more, but just being sensitive of time and things like that. And it doesn't have to be super, super hard or high intensity, just move your body and connect to things. And the whole time I'm breathing through my nose, low into my into my diaphragm, you know, so I'm still carrying that whole everything I did before that into my movement. Um, and that's going to ground me for my work. And I like, I love to go into like, I love to be productive and like crush things in a business sense, too. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be awesome if I could like sauna ice and move all day, but I actually love being entrepreneurial and like doing things that are going to create abundance for me and a future family that I want to have, you know, and my dreams and things and, and my, my parents supporting my parents and my siblings and my friends around me, you know? So, um, like I always want to be dialed when I'm just living and I want to kind of be in a flow state and that's like what this routine is leading into. And then I'm going to work and I actually I drink coffee, but I put, um, like reishi mushrooms in my coffee and I put uh, grass fed butter and MCT oil. So MCT oil and grass-fed butter don't put you out of ketosis. So, yeah, they're going to have calories in it. So people might say that's not fasting anymore, but um, it doesn't break my, like, ketosis state or that clarity that we were talking about earlier. So I drink, like, a powerful coffee bomb, Mm. and that's, like... What time, typically? Probably, like, 8 to 10 I'm drinking coffee. What time do you usually get up then? I didn't even ask that in the sense of doing this. Like, 5-ish. Okay. 5 to 5 30. Yeah. Um, and again, that depends on the day, but right. optimal day. I like getting up and getting after it. Yeah. And then I want to get to bed at night too. You yeah. know, I have no desire to watch stuff at night, you know, and that kind of goes with my routine. So then I'm going to work um, at lunch or around like lunchtime. I always make sure to do more, go on a walk or something. And I've been doing a lot of backwards walking, knees over toes, just for longevity. So I'll just go on like a, a 10 to 20 minute walk and 10 of that's going to be backwards, you know, and, and maybe I'm going to do a little more breath work if I'm starting to like get a little tired or something like that, or if I have a meeting or something to prepare for. So like midday, it's more of like um, moderate, just movement and then back to the breathing, get away from the computer a little afternoon. Now I'm going to eat something. It's going to be light and it's going to be more nourishing. I eat a lot of collagen. Um, and then I'm going to shout out to Matt Aaron's at who I know, you know, but Matt Aaron's I'm trying at, to get him on for the, uh, nutrition. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so Matt has changed my perspective on food. 
yeah. and nutrition, you know, like once you know, you don't unknow. Exactly. 100%. And eat his microgreens, bro. Eat his food, you know, like his stuff is next level. When you eat it, you feel the prana, you feel the energy immediately. Mm. When I eat some garbage, I don't feel anything like that, you know? So now I don't ever want to go back to that. You know, I don't want to eat bad because I know what it makes me feel like. So I'm going to eat some nourishing food, probably collagen and microgreens or something like that. Um, in the afternoon, you know, I'm, I'm back to work. I'm, I'm doing things like that. I'm, I'm being productive and probably until like five, five thirty, And then at that time, I'm either gonna, um, maybe I have something going on. It could be like an activity. If it's an optimal day, I'm probably going to do some yoga or mobility. You know, I like to get a good workout in, get a good, um, cold therapy session in during every day, and then do some kind of mobility or yoga just to get that parasympathetic nervous system response and kind of ground myself. Um, there's a lot of talk about non-sleep deep rest right now, and at least inducing some kind of parasympathetic nervous system response before you're going to go lay in your bed to make it easier to sleep. And when I was in college, I had a hard time sleeping because I was drinking a bunch of caffeine and I was like working out too much. So I was stressed out and I was working at school too much and I was never getting out of that sympathetic drive. So I've learned a lot from that, you know? Um, so then I'll do some yoga and mobility at night and even like soft tissue work with a, a foam, like a foam roller or a lacrosse ball. Like that stuff just feels good. But sometimes it's like, ah, we don't need to do that. You know, just 20 minutes of it. That's it. Right. And, uh, I love to nourish myself with some grass fed meat. I've been eating a lot of grass-fed meat lately and just feeling so good. I don't even need to deal with all the extra stuff. I'm just simple right now. Um, and then at night, I'm going to journal. I'm going to read and go to bed at like 8.30. And if I can't fall asleep, I just do some deep, slow breathing. And, you know, I, sometimes I go to bed at 9.30 too. You know, like it doesn't have to be 8.30, but I'm going to try to shut everything down at 8.30. Like no screens at 8 o'clock. You know what I mean? And I think just kind of, having those at the fundamentals of every day and plugging and playing based on the context of the moment and time and mm. changing your approach to it is important. Like I'm not just checking boxes with, yeah, I'm going to get cold. Like my approach to the cold is I have a stressful meeting later. So this stress is going to, I'm going to break down the stress now so that I don't worry about it then, you know? So it's, and we talked about this earlier, none of it's exclusive of each other. None of, none of that routine is like, one thing or the other, it's it's all of it together. And then you're gonna go to bed and you're gonna like pat yourself on the back at night and you're gonna reflect and and pray for like more grace to come to you, you know? And I think it's all it all goes together. Yeah, that's that's huge. So so much was said in that yeah. that you'll have to unpack when we, we get through this again. But I'll script look. I'll script out the day. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You should post that on your uh, yeah. on your socials. But but I missed one. Red light therapy has been big. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, as well. yeah. I I have been doing red light therapy every morning now. Yeah. Um. What's I? So I have that as well. I just got that a few months ago. Cool. What's before? I know we're diving into a lot. We could talk about so many different things for so long, but the snippet of like red light. What have you found within that? And why do you do it? Yeah. Um. Well, I got into it because of the person who introduced me from it to it, he recovered from Lyme's disease. His name is Jake Kretz and he runs a, a company out in California called Vital Red Light. And I'm plugging them because we have the panel there and yep. it's top level stuff. And Jake is a beautiful human. You know, he recovered from Lyme's disease and now he's on this beautiful mission to spread red light therapy to people and help them heal in holistic measures, which is kind of my objective with the breath. 
in sauna and cold, you know? Um, so I was already coming into it with this, like, yeah, it's going to help me. So I, some of it's that, but I get this, this, like, it's like a detox mm -hmm. and I don't even drink alcohol and I don't eat bad food. So I really don't have much to detox, but it, it's pure energy. Yeah. It's like this clean energy. And I do feel the increased circulation. My skin is looking better. You know, I feel like it's helping me sleep better because I'm getting that like red light and that's going to help my nervous system response again. So I really am, I'm big on the red light right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I agree. I, I feel the same way. I, uh, again, I, I haven't been doing it incredibly long. I just got it, made the investment in it. So, yeah. um, Good call. excited to still use that, but that's, here's the thing. Like when I listen to that and hopefully like people listening can kind of just get a sense of it is like, like there's a sense of intention with what we're doing. So, and I, I think it's so beautifully put, like, the intention of what you're doing and the urgency of what you're doing and like what like it, making time for what's important and just not worrying about you know the distractions in life and really honing in on and i kind of want to wrap it up through this of and share the, the thought ideology of it's kind of a complex layered system but of like what are humans ultimately after like what do humans ultimately want and I kind of just want to share my thoughts and I'd love for you not saying any, my, these are like it, right? I just want to share it and kind of hear what you think about yeah, it or yeah. if, even if it resonates at all, but of, okay, what do humans ultimately want? And I think it's ultimately wholeness. People want to feel wholeness. Um, and so how do we go? Because like as humans, like we, we feel like there's a lot of cracks in us. And so we try to fill it and stuff it with what's around us, whether it be drinking girls or, you know, just entertainment, pleasure, all these different things yeah. that are just around us. And we try to grab anything around us. But if you can get to a sense of where if we can find or try to find clarity of what we're after. So I think that's the step of like, okay, asking the questions, who do I want to be? Where do I want to be surrounded by? Who do I want to be, communicate with? How do, what do I want to embody? How do I want to feel? Ask all these questions. And that's ultimately bringing self-awareness to it of ultimately, okay, what do I want? What's the environment I want to create? How do I want people to perceive me? And then going in the sense of the tangibles of it. And for me, I think it's with the non-negotiables. Look at your ideal day. You have breath, sleep, hydration, nutrition, movement, exercise, and connections, relationships, the intentionality of what we're doing. Yeah. And so if we can create the foundation of those, ultimately there's four things when, dot, when kind of zoomed in, I think, why anybody does anything is down to four things. One, we put ourselves in positions. Two, to create opportunities. Three, to capitalize on those opportunities. To four, be in a better position than previously. And so now it's like you bring it full circle from the tangibles, the foundation of the non-negotiables. Now we have clarity because we've asked the question. We've gone where we least want to look. Yeah of who do I want to be? Where do I want to like, these aren't easy questions to answer. You truly have to just sit and think yeah. about them. You got to go deep. And it's it. a whisper that tells you what the answer is that you got to be quiet enough to hear it. So now we've created clarity. Now we have the opportunity to attack and kind of go after and attract our wholeness. Cause you're never in pursuit. I'm under the assumption you're never in pursuit of anything. If I want to be very successful or I want to be very healthy, or I want to be really strong. It's not that I'm pursuing towards that. It's I'm building myself up and putting myself in a position that now I, I possess that and I attract what I want. I am a good person. Now I attract good people. I am a, 
physical person or, you know, healthy person. Now I track health towards me and all these different things. But that's the notion of like, what are we ultimately after wholeness through clarity? We, you know, become more self-aware, ask the questions. Now we have tangibles of how do we actually do that? We have non-negotiables. And each one of these, again, there's so many different tangents and avenues that creates the sense of everything is everything to now, again, it brings a full circle. Now we have clarity of what we want. Now we have a shot or opportunity of attracting wholeness. What is your, like, do you think I'm, and this is just, I'm not saying this egotistically at all, but it just intuitively, it just makes sense with the people I've been around, experiences I've had and ideas shared that it all kind of forms within that little system. Yeah, no, I'm on that boat too. You know, <laughs> you, you, I'm, I'm not off the boat, you know. For me, it's um, pursuing what excites us, mm. which goes back to our intuition, which is going to give us wholeness if we kind of satisfy our intuitive feel and we get to pursue what excites us, which is passion and purpose. That's going to fill us up, which is that wholeness. It fills us up. It fills up our cup. It fills in all those cracks, you know. Um, and if you get to drive into work every day and you're pursuing something that excites you and you're ready to go, like that's going to bring about that connection, that wholeness. And then you're going to want to share it with other people, or you're going to be a magnet to bringing other Mm. connections or community or, or relationships or physical or health into your, your circle of wholeness, you know? So like you're, you're a magnet for what you're doing and what you're preaching. And it's not coming off egotistically at all, you know, like how we're building our relationship with each other, it's because we're both kind of dropping our barriers and we're okay expressing ourselves and being vulnerable and connecting, you know, and and that's massive. Um, I missed this earlier, but connection with loved ones and family is massive part of my routine as well. That's nourishment, you know? So how can we nourish ourselves? I feel like that's a part of kind of that wholeness. Like it's not just nourishing yourself with food, but it's nourishing yourself with your own, with your own desires, sitting sitting in your own, and then nourishing yourself with your relationships and your family. And hopefully you have a good partner and a good family mm-hmm. and friends and people to, right. to do that and meet your community. Yeah. Um, but I'm fully on board with you with our, we're not really pursuing, pursuing things. We're pursuing our passion, mm-hmm. which is different than like a material thing. It's this innate sense that, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to bring to this world because ultimately we're all here to help heal and serve people, you know, to, to hopefully bring the needle for other generations for humanity. And, and a lot of that can come from your family. So just focus on our family stuff and then it's going to trickle, you know, or focus on what we're doing right here and it's going to spread to other people. Huge. The empowerment of that. Empowerment, yeah, that's, huge. Yeah. that's That's huge. And that's the thing too, is like, you know, I'm curious about this and I, you're curious about breath. How can like all these different things. And I think that's the passion purpose thing of like, like, what are you curious about? And I think you should lean into that. Yeah. Of like truly like whether it be, you know, if it's the hot thing on the market right now that it's really like talked about, or if it's, if you're very curious about something that like is not popular at all, like I think you should lean into it because things go into cycles and you just don't know, like probably, I don't, I don't know, maybe like 20 years ago, breath wasn't as it, it is now. But yeah. like, if you were never curious to dive into it, like you, you'd never know the ripple effects that can come from it. Yeah. Yeah. Curiosity. That's, that's very well articulated from, from what I was hitting on. Yeah. I think too, um, understanding that it, things aren't that big of a deal is massive. You know, like, 
like this life is an amazing thing, but we don't have to be, we don't have to be someone, you know, just, just be yourself and don't worry about the things you can't control. It's like a stoic philosophy to control what you can control. And one of the things I say all the time, and it's probably a really good way to like kind of segue out of this awesome podcast we're having, but you can control your breath. You can control your life. So control what you can control. One of those things is the breathing and then other things are going to start to fall in place, you know, and be curious and bison do this. But if there's a storm coming, they run into that storm, you know, they're not, run, they're not running away from it. No, Buffalo and bison, but, yeah. but Buffalo, they run into the storm. They don't run away because it's going to catch them on the back end, you know, and just lean into it. Like you were just saying, lean in and do it. Yeah. Before we sign off, let's sign off with some breath practice. Love it. And then we'll, we'll, we'll be good. We'll be dialed. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to, um, so I was kind of hitting on it earlier, but we're going to transition right here. So we're going to go from a podcast to another activity. So we're just going to do some box breathing. Mm. We're going to end with some extended exhales. So this will start with a four count box. Mm. It'll be a four count in four count hold mm. four count out and a four count hold. Our goal is to stay really out of our neck and shoulders and have it all. You can even put your hands on your low ribs and just relax your neck and shoulders and collectively we'll exhale all the air out through our nose we'll inhale two three four hold two three four exhale two three four hold two three four inhale two three four second inhale and a 10 second exhale so in two three four five exhale ten nine eight seven six five four three two one two more of those in two three four five out ten nine eight Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. In, out.
Just return to normal nasal breathing. Just notice your breath. Observe your environment. Breathe on. That's money. That's money. <laughs> wow. It gives me so zen leading that kind of stuff too. Wow. <laughs> How um, do you feel after that? I feel great. It's it's that same sense of I'm so calm, but now I have such a heightened focus yeah. of what's taking place. Like now we should start the podcast. Now let's start. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's elite. All right, y'all take uh, take care. Cheers. This is Harrison Klein. I appreciate you hopping on. Cheers, brother. Hey, just a quick shout out to Colby. Um, he's on a super cool mission and what he's doing is is very um, kind of vulnerable and scary and he's young. He's a college athlete and uh, as much as you can support him and, and keep spreading his word and stuff, he's got a really cool mission and objective. So um, just cheers to, cheers to you and what you're doing and um, for the success of you and everything that's going to come with it. I appreciate you. That's yeah. that's much love. Yeah, um, honestly, likewise back to you. Like that's okay. This is the whole thing, and we'll sign off after this. Yeah. But uh, with embrace, built to breathe, you and Luis, and everything going on is like there is a sense of community that is like everybody's supporting everybody, and it's like you don't you know there's two ways. Like Gary V says, there's two ways to build the build the biggest building in town. You can either straight up build the biggest building in town or it can tear everybody else's building down to have the biggest building. And I just think what everything's going on, obviously you, I, I don't even have to like wish, I know it's going to happen. Like the, the amount of success and different things and, you know, through prayer and all of these different things, like it, it it's already happening yeah. and, you know, it's only going to grow from there. So I appreciate more than anything. I appreciate your time for doing this because I know extremely busy right? Doing all these different things happening. We had to reschedule. Like I, I, more than anything, I appreciate your time because we're only given so much. So if you can share the time that we do have, that's one of the biggest forms of generosity. So yeah. I appreciate you. Cheers, man. Awesome. Always forward. Cheers. All right. See you guys.